I, I just want to thank you all. This, uh, they're, they're, we're still going to worship a little bit more. Um, but, you know, um, it's one thing to have musicians that have excellence, which they do. Uh, skill level is important, <laughs> you know, it just is. But, because they're really good at what they do, but, but because they're so in love with Jesus and so hungry with us, that's, that's, that's the difference maker. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We know it's Jesus, but all night long, it's also been Jesus in us too, right? On the one hand, it has, it has nothing to do with us. It's all about him. It is all about him. We know that. And on the, on the other hand, it has everything to do with us. I mean, he came because of us, because he wanted us. And that each one of you are uniquely, um, uniquely special to the Lord. Like, not just one of a mass of people that he died for. He died for you by name, looking into your eyes. He said, you're worth it. And that, that kind of understanding transforms us. So, so that's not prideful, it's not arrogant, just to receive and know I am that special to him and it's all about Jesus. <laughs> it's all about him. It just goes right back to being all about Jesus. So um, tonight I want to talk about just for a little bit about Jesus as our living king. Man, our living king. That's our Jesus. I love this. I don't know if you've seen this came out several years ago, but uh, I can't think of the author's, the artist's name. Anyone know? Anyway. Oop, you okay? <laughs> I'll get right on that. <laughs> Todd, Todd, Todd. Yeah. D-I-M. Anyway. Um, but he, but this is all, those are all the, you can't really see it in this picture that clearly, but it's all the saints, it's different ones, you know, Moses and Abraham and uh, Esther and different ones that have gone before that are just on the side that are greeting him as he's coming out of the tomb. Ha. <laughs> First Corinthians fifteen twelve. the message we preach is Christ, who has been raised from the dead. The message we preach is Christ, who has been raised from the dead. Last night, we, we had a Good Friday service, and we talked about the cross, and the cross being so essential because it reconciled us to God. It made us, it ended the old covenant that we could never win, and it, and it started us entered into the new covenant of grace and mercy and all about what Jesus would do in and through us. It was very necessary. Book of Hebrews, if you ever want to really look into it, it's all about why, why the death was necessary, why the blood was necessary. Um, but look at this. It says, we preach Christ who has been raised from the dead. Now, Paul talks plenty about Jesus' crucifixion and his death. He talks plenty about it. But if, if Jesus wasn't raised, we got nothing to preach. You understand? So this is why, this is why the, the resurrection is, is, is the, the, the huge, central, uh, amazing, fantastic, uh, out, of, out of anything we could possibly imagine event that actually took place that changed our world forever. His death was necessary. His resurrection changed our world forever. So how could any of you possibly say there is no resurrection of the dead? Favor, I think you might need to get up here and preach again soon. That was, <laughs> keep going, man. That was awesome. 
So what did Jesus come to do? Why is it so important that he was raised to life? He tells us in John 10, 10, one, one of the primary things he came to do was to give us abundant life. I've come that you may have life and that you have it more abundantly. In the Passion Translation, it says, I've come to give you everything in abundance. More than you can expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. So each of the three that, that gave testimonies today, and honestly, it could have been any of you. It's, you know, our life, we always feel this tension because we, we realize, gosh, my life is far from the way I would want it at this point. You know, there's still so much more, right? And at the same time, where you are is, is a place that gives God glory because he's already taken you so far. He really has. And therefore, your testimony about where you are and that he, he is still going is valid. So please don't ever be silent because you feel like you've blown it too much or you're not as far as you want to be. Because honestly, just, just give people the story about where he's taken you so far. That is your story, right? So, and, and what happens is, is that because he gives you life more and more abundantly, it's still coming, it's still coming, it's still coming, that it starts flowing out of you more and more and more. This is what he came for. And here it is in 2 Timothy 1, 9 and 10. God gave us resurrection life. There's the life. And he drew us to himself by his holy calling in our lives. And it wasn't because of any good we have done, but by his divine pleasure and marvelous grace that confirmed our union with the anointed Jesus even before time began. It's always been his plan. This has always been his plan. And next verse, this, this truth, this truth is now being unveiled by the revelation of the anointed Jesus, our life giver. See who's revealing it? He is through you, but he's doing it through you, our life giver, who has dismantled death, obliterating all of its effects on our lives and has manifested his immortal life in us by the gospel. That makes you pretty darn special. <laughs> There's got to be better words than that, but... <laughs> Dang, you're, you are one amazing person that, and that the Lord would think that much of you and love you to this extent to say, this is my plan. It always has been my plan, my glory in you, and I'm not holding back. I'm not going to hold back. So what else did Jesus come to do? He came, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he made him who knew no sin. This is the father. The first he is the father. The father made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us. Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The righteousness of God, that, that pureness, the rightness, the, the one who, let me just say it this way, the one who consistently and more and more does the right thing, the appropriate thing, the, the good thing, the blessed thing, the, the honoring thing. That's kind of what righteousness looks like. It does look like something. It's not just a word. Um, and, and so he became sin for us to take away that entity, that dark thing called sin that was haunting us, that was trapping us, enslaving us. And he says, no more. That thing does not have power of you anymore. And if you don't believe that, go back and read Romans 6 again and again and again until you believe the truth that sin does not have power over you. It doesn't. 
That is, that's, that's the lie of the enemy. That's when we feel like we're trapped and we can't get out. And, you know, whether it's addictions or whether it's whatever, you know, different things that might feel like it causes shame to us. Jesus has a different response to you. He says, actually, I already took care of that. And, and now I need you to line up with me and agree with the truth that sin doesn't have power over you. And sometimes we confess the wrong thing, especially when we're struggling. We're like, oh, I'll never get over this. I can't, you know, and we're confessing the wrong thing. Instead of looking back at Jesus and saying, okay, Jesus, I'm that weak vessel that I just mentioned, right, in 2 Corinthians. I'm that, I'm that one with cracks. Lord, I don't have it all together. He goes, I know, but watch this. The glory of my love, my light is going to shine in you and out of you. So look at me and, and ask me again who I say you are. And one of the things he says about you is you are an overcomer, you are victorious, and sin cannot tell you what to do. It's, that's a true statement. I know it doesn't always feel that way to us, but it, that's not, truth isn't always wrapped up in our feelings, right? There are times where we say, this is truth, even when I'm not feeling it. So where's this also in Scripture? That's what we're going to look at right now in, in uh, Romans 10. For Christ is the end of the law. Thank you, Jesus. He finished that that one for us. And because of him, God has transferred his perfect righteousness. Transferred. That's a gift. It's done to all who believe. Over and over and over and over and over and over again in scripture. When people are asking, you know, how do I get saved? What must I do? The answer is belief. You believe. And we're going to see in a minute what you believe in, but you believe in him. And, and because of that alone, Righteousness is given to you as a gift, as a seed. There's a seed of righteousness that's planted in you that grows and grows. I'm going to share about that in a minute. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Jesus, you are Lord. See, this is what we're talking about. It's not, it's, there's not a perfect prayer to pray. It's not about that. It's about where's your heart and does your heart want Jesus to be your king? And if so, you're going to get on your knees and you're going to say, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my King. I choose to follow you. That choice right there, Jesus says, I see that. I see your heart that wants me. I'm imparting right into you my righteousness because that's what you need to walk this with me. So it says, if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Notice I said, it's as, as important and central and necessary as the cross was, it doesn't say here that you believe that Jesus died on a cross for you. That was absolutely essential. But what it says is, is that you believe that God raised him from the dead, which means what? He's a living king. He's alive in your heart right now. He's alive, which means he's much greater than whatever it is you're going through. He's much greater than whatever struggles. He's much greater. And he's alive. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of righteousness of God, and then the mouth gives thanks to salvation. This is where it is. The same idea is in Matthew 33. This is where he talks about the kingdom of God is like. It's like the yeast that makes its way through the dough. You know, I've, God is still waking us up to truth. Do you know that? Like, I can't, I can't tell you how many major revelations I have had in the last few months. Like, major shifts still. And I'm, you know, however many years, 40 years in the Lord, I don't know, something like that. 
and, and maybe half those years, over half those years as a pastor. What, that doesn't matter. Like, Jesus is not impressed that I'm a pastor, by the way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, yeah, I know. I told you to do that. But, but that doesn't put me on a different plane from somebody, from somebody else. You see what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm Brent, who, who needs revelation from Jesus, and, I'm, and it's never done. I'm never, like, we're never going to arrive, and I got it all. And, um, and so I'm saying that just recently, this, this whole passage came alive to me in a way I've never understood the depths of before. That, that, um, that what, I, I knew it kind of, but, I, but all of a sudden I had more substance to it. Where, where Jesus, when we said, bowed our knee and said, yes, Jesus, I want you. I choose you. I choose to follow you. He says, wonderful. Here's this, here's this seed of righteousness that's planted in you. It's my goodness. It's my ability to respond according to the Father's heart in all situations. And you're saying, well, if that's true, well, then how come I don't always make those choices and make those responses? Well, because it's a seed that's growing and growing, and it's making its way through the whole loaf of bread, whether or not you know it's happening. That's the point of this parable. And the other one like it, where the seed that becomes a tree, you don't see it all along the way. You don't know what's going on inside of you. Jesus says, trust me, what I have started, I will bring to completion. His, what is it? It's his righteousness. It's his life that's growing and taking over every, any dark corner, every wrong thought. Any place the enemy has tried to hold you captive, Jesus says, uh-uh, not, not on my watch, not with my child. But it doesn't all happen at once, right? We wish it did. I'll tell you when it all happens at once. That's the day we go home to be with the Lord. <laughs> but in this life, I will tell you, there's more and more and more light coming. There's more and more and more, you know, of his substance that's rising up in you. You are making better and better and better decisions. You are. Look where you were a year ago, five years ago. You are. As long as you keep walking with Jesus, he's never given up on you. But as long as you keep walking with him, trusting him, your life is changing and changing and changing. Because he's alive. Because he's a living king. That's who he is. Let's look at one more. What, what did he come to do? It says in 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. Yeah. That's why, he, again, he came and said, enough of, of, yeah, okay, so we can look back and look in the garden and say, well, Adam made a mistake and kind of things were unleashed. Yeah, Jesus says, yeah, I was there too, and this is not going to persist, and I already took now for you, I took away the enemy's ability to bring you down because I am greater and I am in you. So, so where's this in scripture? This is going to be awesome. You ready for this one? This is like so good. In Matthew 16, Jesus asks his disciples, it's a long conversation, but I'm getting to the last part of his question where it says, and who do you say that I am? He'd been with them three years. He's nearing the end of his death. He's only a week or two away from the cross. And, uh, and, and, it's, and, and this, he goes, in order to do this, he goes all the way up to the gates of Hades. Did you know that? Caesarea Philippi. I've actually been to the location where Jesus was. It was, it was the most wicked, vile, dark place there. It was, there was, there was uh, uh, sacrifices and, and, and demon worship, and it was just horrible. Why did he go there? He went there. For two, for, for two huge revelations. One, for them to come to that place where the Lord would drop in Peter's spirit who Jesus really is. And he says, Peter, 
spoke up and said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged, Simeon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. Now again, why would Jesus go all the way to the very top, by the way, of Israel? I mean, they didn't have cars. I mean, that took them a while to get there. Why? You know, you know, you know this did not just happen by accident. You know what I mean? Jesus knew what he was up to takes them all the way up to the, 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 gate, the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, literally, in, I mean, not literally, but you know what I'm saying, what it looked like on earth there. It was awful. Takes them there for this revelation to come out. Why? Because it also goes with the next revelation. Remember, this is all about Jesus coming to undo the works of the devil, right? Here we go. Next part of this, next part of the verses. And he says, and I give you the name Peter, a stone. And this truth of who I am, who you just said I am, is going to be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly. I'll get back to that. And the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. That, my friends, is, is massive authority. And he doesn't give it to just anybody. He gives it to those who want to follow him and to do things his way, to follow his kingdom, his father's kingdom. But I'm telling you, he says right there that you have keys and you have keys to make this world look like heaven by declaring with your mouth, but also by your actions and what, who you talk to, you can actually declare with your mouth. This is why intercession is so important. Not just, oh, Lord, please help. That's an okay prayer and good. Don't get me wrong. There are times when that's a great prayer. But I'm saying he's given you lots more authority than that to begin to declare into existence that which heaven looks like and also to forbid that which heaven doesn't look like. Whoa, that's... that's that's a whole nother matter. And I want to say this. I mentioned to you, if you were here that day, I, I think it was the day I was pacing instead of really preaching. I was just pacing it for a while and saying some things. But I said, I said something about a boredom. Do you remember that? And I asked if, if some of you were bored. And I got a lot of nods at the time. Um, and, and as this has been been more and more revealed. Um, Suzanne and I have just been kind of immersing ourselves in, in this truth among many others lately. This has been another huge just shift for us that's been going on. One of the reasons we've been bored is because we've been following Jesus, but we really haven't known that we're truly supposed to change the world here. I mean, truly. Our, the third part of our mission statement says that we are, we are equipping world changers. Do you remember that? It's the third part of our mission statement. It's very important. But I, I have something to tell you. World changers are actually supposed to change the world. That was deep, right? Did you want me to say that again? World changers are actually supposed to change the world. And if we're just going through the motions and we don't know who, what we've been empowered with, we're going to get bored. Because there's so much more. There's so much more. So this isn't about works. This isn't about have I done enough to please God so he's happy with me. No, no, no. He's happy with you because you're his kid. End of, end of discussion. This has nothing to do with that. He says, but while you are here, I have a job for you to do. Yes. And there's all, it's laid on the foundation of knowing who I am. 
You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. You are the risen king. I bow my knee to you, King Jesus. Everything we do is on that foundation. But he says, are you ready? Because I've actually made you my legislative assembly. I want to, I want to, Sometime I want to have uh, my friend Greg Seamus come in here and preach that because he's, this is like his, he, he's just releasing this right now. He's uh, over at Harvest House in Fremont. Yeah, convergence. convergence. Sorry. Convergence. Where did that come from? Convergence. Oh, it was Harvest House. Um, anyway, but that term, Jesus actually didn't use the word church because that, that wasn't even in that term wasn't being used. Like if, if Jesus had said church the way we understand church, which is, hey, which church do you go to? Are you here at church tonight? That word wasn't what he used. He used ecclesia, which was a word already previously used 400 years um, through history, through the Romans and the, and the Greeks. And so he knew that that actually meant, because he's using words that were used then, that, that it meant a legislative assembly, meaning you actually have power to make decisions in congruence with God's heart, in community with him and each other, but with him, to change things on the earth. We are more, much more empowered than we th ever thought we were. And God is waking us up to that right now. He's waking us up. Which is why it's all the more important we give him access to our hearts to say, Lord, if there's anything in me that's not lining up with who you are, take a, take a look at it and take care of it. I give you permission. Some of you have been discouraged because you're like, why? Why, is he, why are things surfacing? You know, things I thought I'd taken care of and they're coming back. He's like, yeah, actually it was kind of buried. It wasn't really taken care of. Let's really take care of it this time. Why? Because we have some legislating to do with heaven. Do you see the time in history we are in right now? He's like, we, we have some legislating to do with heaven. So this is why it's not because he's mad at you. He's not shaming you. He's saying, I'm bringing things up because it's time, kids. It's time, my children, who I love. It's time that you deal with the deep heart issues. Let me deal with them. Your part is, okay, Lord, uh, I'm willing. That's your part. I'm willing. Show me what I need to see so that you can agree with his heart. Repentance means you're turning away from the things that are not him that are not true to him, and you're saying yes to the things that are him, and anything in your heart, whether that's, whether that's you know, things that have happened to you when you were young, all kinds of different things can be some of the reasons why we still agree with lies. And Jesus says, let me in, let me in, let me in. I don't know which one of you said that, you, you shared, but it, it's just about sitting with him and letting him into those places. It's what it is. And he says, that's so good, because... And, and I just want to say this. I love, let me just brag on uh, Russ and Susan for a moment I, and, and all of those that are doing inner healing. And I love that stuff. And it's so necessary. It is absolutely necessary. And if there's things your heart needs to get healed of, this is the time. And I want to say, and they would be the first to, to agree with me, and that's not the end. That's, like not, that's, not, that's not the end goal. Because we keep thinking, gosh, when am I going to get over my stuff so I can just get through with this already? Not even realizing that's not even the end goal. The end goal is that you're, you're actually co-reigning with Jesus on this earth. Did you know that? He's the king of kings. Oh, oh, hello. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You're like, well, surely you're not talking about me. Well, then who else is he talking about? He's talking about his followers. Yes, those who have gone before and us who are alive. And we're alive right now 
to make a change on the earth, to usher in his kingdom, which is why we need intimacy. It's why we need to hear his heartbeat so we know what we're changing things to. Because if it's just, you know, based on our wrong thinking, well, that's going to get ugly really quick. You know what I'm saying? This isn't about, well, I got all power, so I'm just going to make things happen. Well, no, you need to listen to Papa, get his heart, get your heart healed, and then you start using your authority to usher in his kingdom. You can do this in your workplace. It actually starts in your own heart. Then, then it starts in your home. And then it goes to your workplace, to your school. This, let me just say this. We, we really don't, I'm just, I'm saying this in the nicest way possible. We really don't need organized outreaches. We need to be Jesus everywhere we go. Because he's already put you in places that nobody else has the same authority you do. He's already put you in workplaces, in schools, in different places um, next to somebody who's, who he wants you to influence with his heart, with his kingdom. And it's time. It just is. And what we've been discovering and hearing the last several weeks, uh, maybe the last month or two, is, is that suddenly in this area, the, the Bay Area, suddenly people are hungrier than ever for Jesus. They're jumping into the boat. They want him. They really do. So any ways, any places in which you were afraid to talk to people or, you, or maybe you got rejected by somebody, you know, in the past, just, can we just bury that one under the blood? Just bury it with Jesus. Say, Jesus, okay, maybe I had some experiences that weren't the best. And I'm saying, get his heart, be Jesus to people, which means loving them, honoring them, letting them know truth, and you're going you're gonna to see a different outcome. I had a... Um, about a year and a half ago, I had a pretty profound prophetic word spoken to me. And the word, just one line of the word was this. He's, this person, this prophet said, continue to do what you've been doing, but you're going to start seeing very different results. Meaning a lot of times we're, because we have felt like kind of stagnant, we're saying, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Well, it's true that God may be trying to get you, you know, get you up and going and doing something. But for those of you who have been, you're like, man, I've been faithful. I just haven't seen the fruit. God would say to you, keep doing what you're doing because you're about to see a very different result. This is the times we're in. So with the time we have left, and I really did want to end early tonight because, not end early, but I mean my part of it early, because I wanted to make sure we had lots of time with Jesus. Um, Worship team, come on up. Come on back up wherever you are because we're gonna, I'm going to lead us into where we're going next. Um, oh, hey, let me just say this. <laughs> he's a kind and merciful king. He listens and he cares. He's good and he's powerful. He takes away shame and imparts his goodness. He holds the keys of the kingdom and he shares his authority with us to release his kingdom. This, this is our Jesus. So um, this is, I really felt strongly to, to do this tonight. And um, there's, there's lots of room up here. There's room off to the side. You can be where you are. This is what I want to ask. I want us, uh, there's been a lot said, you know, through the testimonies, through the worship, uh, through things I just shared. I, I know I can see, I can watch that a lot of your hearts are stirred up. I, I want us to go back to that place of kneeling at the feet of King Jesus. And so if you're able, if you're physically able, I want to encourage you to kneel, whether that's at your chairs, whether that's over here, whether you want to come up here. And we're going to do even some more things after that. But I just want to encourage you right now, what, I, what, I, what I'm asking, Jesus, 
what we are saying together is that you are the king. Jesus, you are the king of all kings. And Jesus, we choose to bow our knee to you. We choose. Jesus, you are the Lord. You are the Lord. You are the one in charge of my heart. Just tell him that. Jesus, you are in charge of my heart. I belong to you. You are my king. I do what you say, Jesus. I'm yours. Your righteousness is in me because you wanted that. You, you saw my heart when I said yes. And, I, and when I said yes, this is all of your story, by the way. When I said yes to you, Jesus, it was only because you won my heart in a way that was, that I, where I couldn't say no. You won my heart, Jesus. You won my heart. And so I responded to your love when I said yes. Jesus, be my king. So as, as we're singing this song, this is a song you know. Some of you will want to sing it, but maybe some of you just want to talk to Jesus while we're singing. This is your time with Jesus, just to bow before your king.
Oh